Welcome to The Corporate Coven, a podcast for witches at work. This is where magic meets the 9 to 5 grind. I'm Jess, your host, aka That Witch from Work and Head Witch in The Corporate Coven. This podcast is your spellbook to blending career savvy with mystical know-how. As a corporate witch, career expert, and astrologer, I'll be your guide to navigating the professional realm with a touch of magic. Join me for a bewitching journey into the enchanted intersection of work and witchcraft. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another staff meeting. As I'm sitting down to record this, we have some beautiful snow outside. Utah is getting snowed on, and I live in an area where if you looked at like a heat map of the state where bright red is like a Severe warning, winter storm. This is where we're anticipating it's going to be one of the worst areas. I live in that area, which for me is really exciting. I'm a pretty confident driver in the snow, although now I feel like I should like knock on wood. Just, you know, don't tempt me. I'm just saying like I've grown up in it. I've driven in it a lot. I have like winter attire. Like I love winter season. I don't mind that it causes a little bit of additional challenge of going out and interacting with the external world. I feel like since it started snowing, I've been saying to my husband, like, oh, just every time I remember it's happening or every time I look outside, I am overcome with, like, I'm giddy. I'm just giddy. I'm happy. I feel like I could cry. I'm filled with so much joy. And I am so thrilled to finally be here in December where it's going to be, you know, normal to have snow on the ground and ice on the cars and I just love this time of year so, so much. I, I'm trying to count out, like, how many more staff meetings do we have this year? One, two, three, and then the 31st is on a Sunday. So we only have a few more weeks of staff meetings for 2023. And then in 2024, I have a whole new cycle that we will be beginning together. Uh, you're going to expect some changes on the way that we structure these episodes, I'm going to try to make them a little bit more concise and consolidated so that way they fit more cleanly into maybe one commute instead of splitting it up over the week. Um, also, I have a lineup of some really incredible guests I'm so excited to welcome onto the podcast in 2024. We recorded these in 2023 in the fall, and I'm so looking forward to getting them launched and live. I have a few podcasts that I've been a guest on that those episodes will be launching next year as well. So I'm just, I'm already looking forward to and so excited for 2024, but we're not there yet. We still do have a few more weeks of the year and a few more things to experience through the astrology. So let's go ahead and get into it. Let's dive into this staff meeting and we'll ground ourselves and center ourselves in this episode with a reflection and a check-in. As I was drafting this episode and I was writing out the script, I usually do the check-in question last. It's after I've already written out everything else and I've gotten a pretty good idea of astrologically like you know what's the weather what are we moving through what's the vibe if you will and so when we get to the check-in question it's really inspired by that journey and for me what I actually started thinking about and this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna run the risk of just getting ahead of myself all episode but as I was looking at it I couldn't help but think about the Sagittarius new moon which happens next week on December 12th 
and it's the day before Mercury stations retrograde. So you definitely want to tune into next week's episode. But this new moon in Sagittarius is one of my favorites. It's one of my all-time favorite new moons of the year for numerous reasons that a lot of it has to do with my personal natal chart and natal placements. But when we think about the new moon in Sagittarius, I mean, that really is a time to dream, to write a letter to Santa, write a letter to Zeus, write a letter to the sky daddy, offer a prayer to the universe, to source, to the divinity that exists outside of ourself and inspires us and motivates us to be the best version that we can be. So I'm, I'm so excited to talk next week about the new moon in Sagittarius, but this week is what comes before the new moon intentions. What comes before the new moon? What happens before we dream the dream? What happens before we write the letter to Santa Claus? That's what this week is all about. And so because I am so excited about the new moon next week, I actually want to spend some time in this check-in question really reflecting on and understanding how special and important the time of preparation is before. This week, we transition into the dark space that comes before the wish. We begin to move towards that shedding of light or the shedding of stuff, the shedding of beliefs or ideas, things. We start to go through our closets, our toy rooms. We identify the excess that we don't desire or that we don't need or that which no longer fits into the vision of our life that we're desiring to create for ourselves. And we give it away. We share it. We donate it. We re-gift it. We push it forward into a cycle This perpetual transmutation of energy, nothing ever fully goes away, right? It just evolves. It transforms. And that's what this dark space is all about. And when we get to the lunar phases, that's a lot of what the lunar phases are inviting us to do this week is to begin preparing for that new moon intention to start preparing to have that dream. So if it's time to cast a vision and your vision boarding, for example, it's time to start collecting the magazines or the media or whatever medium you'll be using to create the vision board. You know, what publications, if you're going to play it old school and you're going to be cutting out pictures and words and then using a glue stick to put them on a big poster, which I've done this before. I, I like to do this every year, actually. Um, you can also make your own oracle cards in this same fashion, which is actually really fun. And I've facilitated that for people um, in group settings before. And it's really meaningful and impactful to create your own vision board or card or something that just reminds you of an intention that you're setting for yourself or for a specific season. But before you do that, you have to get all of the supplies. You have to get it ready. If you're getting ready to have a really good dream, and if you haven't done this, I would encourage you. But there have been many times that I have asked Source to communicate with me through my dreams. And one way that I prepare to receive that is just offering an affirmation or repeating that guidance before falling asleep of like, Come to me in my dreams, share me messages in my dreams, communicate with me through my dreams, help me remember my dream when I wake up, 
you know, help me be prepared to receive this message. Help it be clear, you know, give me a sign. If it is a letter to Santa, then you maybe want a list of things that you really, really want or things that you really need. You know, you start taking inventory of things before offering a prayer. Perhaps you have a ritual that you follow. You know, is it certain body language that you abide by? Is it preparing an altar space in a specific way? Is it uh, like language that you repeat? Is it a specific rhythm or rhyme or song or something like that that you offer? Whatever it is, there is this concept of preparing for the wish, preparing for the desire, preparing for the vision or the dream. This preparation is important because when it comes time to receiving, you'll be better prepared and open to receiving this gift as it comes to you. You're naming it and you're creating space for it. And so that's what this week is all about. I want you to think about and reflect on as we prepare to move into the new moon next week. What do you need to do before you ask, before you pray, before you whatever? You know, it's Sagittarius season. It's really like the time of year where you can just drag and drop just whatever holy words you want to. This time of year, everybody's worshiping, whether they are conscious or unconscious of it. Almost every single act that we do to observe the holiday season is rooted in ritual worship to some form. This way of honoring and living in harmony with the world around us, but also everyone looking up and looking to the light, you know, putting lights on our houses and our trees and all of these other things. So whatever language resonates for you or aligns with your own personal belief system or practice, just use that language. But consider this week an opportunity to prepare for that ask, prepare for that opportunity to co-create a life of your dreams with the universe. What do you need to do to be prepared for that conversation? Mm. I'm so excited. I really just can't stop smiling. I feel like I'm in a totally different mood this podcast episode than I have been in previous ones. And I was trying to reflect on that before recording. I don't really know what it is other than I just really am lit up by the winter. I find so much joy in this season. I'm becoming a new person. Actually, on my Instagram stories, I shared that I have had a really difficult relationship with getting on my yoga mat and inviting that physical asana practice back into my life because there was a time where it was so close to me. And then it's been really hard actually to engage with it for numerous reasons. I have like a bit of a perfectionist thing about me. And if it's not like a good, you know, quote unquote, good practice or a long enough practice, or it doesn't go the way that I want it to go, or, you know, something interrupts me or gets on my mat or something like that, then it's, it's frustrating for me to move forward with it. And I've found that since the like real shift into winter, right? Like since like the real, like we are officially in like cold season is what I mean. Seasonally, we're in the cold season. We're in the dark season. Um, I have just been finally coming alive. It feels like I'm finally a real person again and kind of getting out of a funk that I've been feeling. I've been waking up early. I've been active as I've been waking up. I have been doing yoga almost every day. I feel so much better in my body right now. I don't feel so stiff and so rigid. And I'm just really, really excited about that. Um, there's 
a specific transit happening this week that I think is helping with some of this. And so let's talk about the major transits in the week ahead. There's two of them that you'll want to make sure are marked on your calendars. The first is on December 4th, Venus moves into the sign of Scorpio. And this is a whole new era for Venus, right? This is a whole new vibe for Venus. And then on December 6th, Neptune stations direct. Neptune stations direct in the sign of Pisces. And so now both Saturn and Neptune and Pisces are direct moving forward. Um, this is really nice for anyone who's felt like they've really been suffering through these Piscean transits. I talk a little bit more about this in the day-by-day -day forecast. So I'll just say really quickly that wherever you've had Pisces, you've likely felt a lot of restriction, a lot of like, why can't I just move forward on this? If you're an Aquarius rising like me, this has been coming up in our consciousness around our money. And I know that everyone's kind of like experiencing the economy and inflation and, and you know, that's exacerbated by the expectation of holiday shopping and spending and whatnot. Um, but it's just been like this thing where I've had a really hard time, like even like getting a concept around my finances. And no matter how many Excel spreadsheets I create or trackers I create, I don't go back to them consistently and budgets keep getting interrupted because things keep coming up. And it's just that time of year. So that's how it's felt for me as an Aquarius rising with Pisces in my second house. One of my uh, mentors is a Gemini rising and they've shared having Pisces in their 10th house, what Saturn and Neptune have felt like for their career. And it's just felt a lot like there's just roadblock after roadblock. There's a lot more work involved than we thought. There's just been a lot of restriction where I thought there was opportunity to make a move in my career. It's actually been uh, feeling more like a roadblock and it doesn't feel like this really fun opportunity. It actually just feels like I can't move forward in this. I've compared it before when Saturn was retrograde to this idea of like you're swimming and you're swimming, but you're not getting any closer to shore, but you also like have to keep swimming, right? And so now that both Saturn and Neptune are direct, depending on where Pisces is in your chart, um, you're going to potentially finally feel like you're moving again. You're finally getting some flow. You maybe don't fully have your arms around it. It's still maybe like a little bit hard to grasp, but at least it's going forward and there's finally some meaningful movement there, which feels really nice. Okay, let's transition, talk about phase management. So we are in the fixed to fixed time of year. Remember when we see fixed modalities on the weekend, this is going to be activating all of the fixed areas of your chart as well. So this is why it's important to be really aware of your chart setup and where the fixed signs are in your chart. So where is Taurus? Where is Leo? Where is Scorpio? And where is Aquarius? Okay, because this is going to be an access point that is really aggravated and activated on the weekends because that's where a lot of the energy is, right? That's what the light and the luminaries represent in the chart is that life giving, that vitality, that oomph that goes forward with something. 
Fixed signs naturally want to stabilize, force control in some way. They want you to commit to something. They want to sustain some level of effort. And it's usually when like, you know, someone comes in and says, hey, I have a really good idea. The fixed signs figure out, okay, well, how do we integrate this into like what we're already doing? And how do we make sure that our actions going forward will be able to maintain this process? This week, we begin with a Leo moon. It will move through Virgo to Libra and then end in the sign of Scorpio. And so while the moon moves through this portion of the zodiac wheel, we see the interpersonal zodiac signs getting activated by this luminary. In Leo, we see how our own sacred fires are observed and received by others. In Virgo, we put our physical resources, like our body or our money, in service to others. In Libra, we see how social contracts are formed partnerships, impact our influence in the world, our capacity to influence. And in Scorpio, we see the emotional intimacy required for true psychological safety and trust. So for the lunar phases, we begin with the waning gibbous. We quickly move into the third quarter phase, and then we end the week in the balsamic or the dark moon phase. And again, this is a very sacred time of year for me. It's one of my favorite. Well, I would. This is like one of my favorite dark moons because again, it's followed by the new moon in Sagittarius, which is like my favorite new moon. <laughs> and this is just like my favorite time of year. Jessica's never been happier. I love it. I'm sorry for everyone else who experiences like really hard emotions during this time of year due to things like seasonal affective disorder. For me, I have the opposite experience. I find myself really suffering um, with my mental health. That's a bit of like that south node in Leo, but I really suffer with it in the summer. And then I finally start feeling like really happy and excited about everything again in the winter. And this is really that time for me where I just get fully lit up. Oh, I could cry right now every time, every time team. Um, my kids have already been out in the snow numerous times. We have a snowman out front. Like we are here for it. I have to keep reminding them to eat the snow in the backyard and not the front yard where all the dogs go to the bathroom. So wish me and my children luck as we try to continue reinforcing that habit of where to eat snow on our property. Let's go over the weekly forecast though. Let's talk about the astro weather day by day for the week of December 3rd to December 9th. Yeah. Okay. December 3rd to December 9th. Let's go. And just a reminder for everybody, I am a Utah-based witch. That's why I don't pronounce a lot of the D's or T's as I'm saying words, but it's also why when I'm reading the chart, I always set things to mountain standard time because that's the time zone that I work in. And so um, when I say things like at 8 a.m., the moon is at this degree, just know that I am referring to mountain standard time and you might need to adjust your chart, especially if you're for example, in like a different time zone on the other side of the world. Or if you are in Eastern time or something like that, then just know that like it's going to be a little bit off. So I do make this um, based on where I'm sitting in the state of Utah. Okay, Sunday morning begins 8 a.m. with the moon in Leo at 23 degrees, forming an exact trine to the north node in Aries at 23 degrees. 
Venus is at 28 degrees Libra and is forming an exact square to Pluto and Capricorn at 28 degrees. So while Venus is squaring off and is in a tension point with Pluto, the moon is actually getting a really nice facilitative aspect from the North Node. How you're feeling and what you're thinking are worth investing and reflecting on because that energy is what's lifting you up and filling your cup. Whereas this broader theme with relationships and what you value, who you value, is at odds with that Pluto and Capricorn theme of rigid, authoritative, controlling, like some powerful entity. One possible interpretation of this that could be happening on like a micro scale for an individual might be like wanting to focus on you and what makes you laugh, have fun, feel loved, etc. But there's also this like nagging tension between a lover that won't commit to like the DTR or the defining the relationship moment. And you're wanting to feel free and passionate and romantic, but you're also like desiring commitment and you maybe feel like you know, I don't know if I want to do that with this person, even though I really want these things. Like, is this the right way for me to express this? Is this the right person for me to express this with? And how does it feel to feel both of those things of wanting to be like fun and, you know, romantic and passionate, but also like, is it worth doing those things with someone that I don't feel like I can see myself committing to in the long run? But is it worth it to do it for now, even though I don't see things working out? you know, a year from now, because I just want to feel that way this year. That's one possible interpretation of this, right? And so as always, like look to where these zodiac signs in your house are in your natal chart, which houses they're in, because that will give you more insight into the environments in which this energy is playing out. If we think about Sunday as a way to prepare for the week ahead, then it could be just an invitation of like, look, you're going to have like the nagging thing going on in the background anyways, And so lean into what feels good and what like excites your mind. And that's going to make you feel better moving into the week. Monday morning, starting at 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, we see the moon at five degrees Virgo forming a grand earth trine with Jupiter retrograde in Taurus at six degrees and Mercury in Capricorn at three degrees. So starting the morning with a strong stabilizing aspect, it could feel like a nice and orderly morning, but do expect some tension as we see the moon forming in opposition to Saturn and a square to Mars. Structured as it might be, you're still likely to feel pulled in a lot of directions and it will feel like a stressful day. In fact, it might feel like no matter how much order you try to create, it will run the risk of unraveling Or you could also just think like whatever you're doing on Monday, um, you'll have to make up for on Tuesday. It needs to be reimagined on Tuesday or reworked on Tuesday. Tuesday morning, we see the moon at 17 degrees Virgo. And now she's in a trine with Uranus and moving forward towards that trine to Pluto. So Tuesday feels like having to pay for the loans that you took out on Monday. It's on Tuesday that Venus moves into Scorpio. Now, Venus is in a sign ruled by Mars now, and we refer to this as Venus being in detriment. Imagine that Venus is wanting to host a gala to celebrate the holiday season, right? That sounds like a Venus thing to do. And she wants to invite all of her friends, but she's hosting it in a haunted mansion where she can't find anything because she keeps getting lost in like secret passageways and enchanted staircases. She wants to host it in the garden, but it just happens to be filled with poisonous plants. Venus immediately forms a trine to Saturn. And so it feels more like a funeral and a celebration of the macabre, if anything, which 
I actually think is fitting because as we move towards the winter solstice, we celebrate the longest night of the year before the return of the sun or the return of light. And it's making me realize that I've seen way more images this year of like, you know, like spooky Christmas themes, gothic Christmas themes, like, you know, pictures of ghosts putting ornaments on trees. I've actually um, posted some of those to my Instagram stories and like the dark Christmas ascetic videos, which I've been super into. Um, Pluto and Scorpio generation pull up. We love all things like spooky and eerie. We'll have Halloween on Christmas. Um, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas is one of those stories that lives in my household from the beginning of October to January. Uh, but that's kind of what it's going to feel like while Venus is in Scorpio forming this aspect to Saturn. It's, you know, still wanting to do the Venusian things, but it's being expressed in a Scorpionic way. And it's not like, oh, now Venus can't have a party. It's like, well, now Venus has to figure out how to do this where everything is like old, gothic, Victorian, vampirish. Um, and, you know, Saturn is like, everything's also like very old. It has like spider webs and cobwebs on things. And, you know, it feels maybe again, just like a celebration of like the macabre and the observation of time passing. And this idea that like, there is grief there, but there's also like, that's the way it, it, it makes me think about, um, a Christmas carol, the idea of like, you know, there's these different ghosts coming forward and the ghost of Christmas future has like a darkness and a dimness, but it's also like that sobering quality is kind of what inspires people of like, I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm going to choose to be festive. I'm going to choose to be bright. So it's still really useful. It's still really valuable, but it's maybe not what you expect. It's maybe not what Venus would do if she was at home or if she was exalted. But, you know, Venus is still going to do her thing, but she's got to do it in a scorpionic way that gets along with that Saturn in Pisces vibe. Tuesday is where we run into that third quarter moon phase. And again, this is the reorientation following the full moon. So this is still an adjustment period. Wednesday, the moon starts at 29 degrees Virgo, forming that trine to Pluto, which is intense, okay? And this is going to feel like pressure. Neptune stations direct. So while Neptune has been in Pisces, okay, there has been a lot to do with consciousness altering substances. In 2022, when I was doing staff meeting episodes, I was I would actually like look at news stories and I would talk about things that were being published by the Harvard Business Review or Insider Weekly or Business Weekly or things like that and talk about like the timing of the astrology around the time that it was published and just the correlation of that, you know, what we experience in the mundane and what is happening astrologically. I don't do that anymore. It wasn't as well-loved um, section of the podcast as some other things were. And so I don't do it anymore, but there was a time in 2022 where I talked a lot about this Neptune in Pisces and some of the legislation that we've seen, but also how this is impacting benefit packages, how this is impacting the way that we do drug testing within organizations and things of that nature. So while Neptune has been in Pisces, there's been a lot to do, like I said, with consciousness altering substances. And I remember when Neptune moved into Pisces in that like 2011, like 2012 timeline, because that was around the time that I started using plant medicine and exploring psychedelic and transcendental states. 
through both the use of um, psychedelic mediums, but also just through like heavy meditative practices um, and things like that. So collectively speaking, we've seen major strides in the decriminalization of cannabis and psychedelic mushrooms in particular. We've seen more research and literature being published about medicinal and psychiatric uses for these types of plant medicines as well as ketamine. And there was also a huge wave of like that, you know, quote unquote, new age belief and those systems popping up and becoming popularized. There were more star seed awakenings than ever before and people studying the way of shamanism and traditional indigenous practices. There was also that yogi phenomenon, which I loved. I have shared before, like my relationship with Instagram yoga and how I, in the moment, um, was unconscious to how harmful and culturally appropriative it was and have since, you know, stopped that practice and just naturally kind of like rebuilt a relationship with yoga around the same time that I became aware of how harmful, you know, the Instagram yoga culture was. But also that's like when I started having children and I was coming out of my Saturn return and there was just a lot of other like sobering things happening in my life. Um, but, you know, with Neptune stationing direct, it was making me think that there could be this is a moment where we all kind of have this recognition of the difference between the misuse and misapplication and misappropriation of these sacred and divine practices and tools versus like the honoring, observing and offering them as sacred rites and rituals. The moon will move into Libra. And so the idea of like what is correct or appropriate, like what is the correct or appropriate way to share these practices, these ideas and these belief systems could be top of mind. Uh, Mercury is also now in a shadow period and we'll be retracing these paths and revisiting these topics again. So today on Wednesday, it's a good idea to pay attention and to take note. Um, you will potentially feel this like sobering or like I'm finally able to see things with a bit more clarity. And I think that just like soberness is the word that I want to keep using just because with Pisces, there is this tendency to want to dissociate, to tune out, to kind of like you know, find yourself in these uh, consciousness altered states and that can be addictive and that could turn into like abusive patterns and manipulate manipulation. And so just wanting to be really mindful of like, what is our relationship to it? What is our engagement with it? And how ethical are we with that practice? That's what the moon and Libra is going to want to be concerned with is like, how ethical is this? What's the value? Is this quality? Is this like the right way to be doing it? Or is it empty? You know, are we just doing it for the like aesthetics of it? Is it vapid or shallow? On Thursday, Mercury forms an exact trine to Jupiter retrograde at six degrees. So let's talk about Jupiter quickly um, because Jupiter has been retrograde since September 4th and will station direct on December 30th this year. So we're actually going to start the new year with Jupiter uh, direct, which I'm personally like really looking forward to. While Jupiter has been in Taurus, we have the capacity to experience like a lot of wherever and whatever Taurus has in its territory in your natal chart. 
But a retrograde cycle can feel like scarcity. It's that not enough, uh, excuse me, not enoughness, not good enough, not green enough, and unfortunate instead of fortunate, which is usually what we think of with Jupiter, you know, lucky, good fortune, abundance, prosperity. And that retrograde can feel like, well, you know, I got $20, but I was expecting $100. Uh, you know, I got let go with a warning, but I still got pulled over or something like that. Today, the sun is at 15 degrees and forms a trine to Chiron at 15 degrees. And so we might offer ourselves like a little grace and kindness for the way that we've been feeling lately. For that like poor pity me, woe is me, things aren't good enough. On Thursday, you might have this moment of like, you know what? Is it exactly what I want it to be? No. But is it still good? Yes. Oh my gosh. I just like, whoa. <laughs> um, in real time, let me just tell you about what just happened like in my body and in my mind. As soon as I just said whatever I just said, um, it was like a crack of lightning through my body that started in my heart. And the first thing that I thought about was like, as a parent, this time of year can sometimes be really stressful and frustrating because you want to give your kids the world. You want to give them everything. You want them to have a life that matches like the life of their dreams and the, what you wanted for yourself when you were a kid. But it's also hard because you're stuck with like the actual limitations of, you know, finances or accessibility. Um, there's the reality of it. Like, does it make sense to buy my child a giraffe? Where would I put it? What would I do with it the rest of the year? You know, like there's these things like the, the reality like sets in and just that like, is it what I want for like them? No, but is it good enough? And just like that feeling of being like, telling yourself as a parent, like, you're good enough. You're good enough. That all happened to me in a millisecond. That entire, like, thought process just happened, like, that crack of lightning really quickly through my person. And it, like, really triggered my throat chakra. I feel, like, <laughs> wicked sad right now. Um, but just that feeling of, like, it's, it is good enough. Okay, so the trine between the sun and Chiron, it's the optimistic Sagittarian sun, but acknowledging that wounding of Aries of, like, I can't do this by myself. It's hard to do this by myself. It's hard to feel like I'm on an island. It's hard to feel alone. And the sun kind of coming in and being, like, but it's, but it's also like, but you're also good as you are and you don't always need people and, and who you are is good enough and, and what you do is good enough. And again, it's coming in and it's offering some of that grace, especially if you have been plagued by some of those like not good enough, unfortunate, not fortunate feelings, then this would be a really nice day to like offer yourself some grace there. And if that hits you the way that that hit me, I guess, expect some sadness. <laughs> I mean, it's really vulnerable, isn't it? That's the thing with Chiron is that it's really vulnerable. Um, on a lighter and brighter note on Thursday, I'm stoked because this Thursday I will be reading tarot at the Salt Lake Sherm chapters member appreci appreciation event. Um, the Salt Lake Sherm is the Salt Lake chapter for the Society of Human Resources Management. I'm so excited. The event sounds awesome. They're going to have a sound bath, massages. They have vision boarding, an art station, professional headshots. There's going to be a bar. I'm going to be there. So, you know, it's going to be a good time. And honestly, I just feel so honored that I was invited. This is another one of those things where I've talked about how 
scary and intimidating it was to really be out and open about my identity as a practicing witch in corporate environments, in human resources, especially because professionally, I do... Um, I'm not going to say I have like a massive platform. I'm not like a best-selling author or anything like that. Like, you know, let's calm down. But I do have a presence in the human resources community in the state of Utah. And because I've sat on a board for SHRM for the last two years and I've traveled, I do have connections in other states as well. And so, you know, it's one of those things where like I am a little bit more public as an employee Um, You know, I post things about my business on social media and what I do as a board member um, on social media where I also am like attached to my employer and my boss and like all these other things. And so, um, you know, it was really scary for me to be really open and to brand myself as like a witch at work and and all of these other things. And I'm so grateful that I have done that and that I've worked through that consciously because an outcome is now I get to go to events like this and I get to be with a bunch of other HR folks that, you know, I love and appreciate and that I can connect with, but I also get to share with them, you know, part of my practice and get to share with them, you know, tarot and what that looks like and how it can be supportive to them as they prepare for, you know, their year in 2024. So I'm just so excited and it's a beautiful space. It's a gorgeous venue. And I was talking with some of the other vendors while we were touring the site this past week. And I am like, I'm just so excited. So if you want to follow along and you're interested to see what this event looks like, what my space to read tarot looks like, then do connect with me on social media if you're not already, but I think most of you are. Find me on Instagram. My handle is that which from work. I link it in the show notes of every episode. Um, that's where I'm going to be posting some of the behind the scenes and showing you like how gorgeous this site is. So make sure you check it out. Okay, on Friday, Friday, the moon is conjunct the south node and it's a letting go and a shedding out with the old, out with the outdated, out with the ineffective, out with anything that isn't creating value or is off brand. The moon will form a square to Pluto later in the day. And I don't know, team, but it does look like wanting to head home early, but having to stay longer at the office than you planned. This is one of the first staff meetings in a while that I am recording it without knowing exactly what my calendar looks like next week. It's just changed a lot. And like my boss is traveling. And so things are like scheduled, but then they're getting like canceled or rescheduled and things are moving around and I'm like volunteering a few different days next week and it's all just kind of like up in the air so as I'm looking at this I'm like oh man what am I doing on Friday those are typically a remote day for me but I'm like ooh, I'm probably going to be in the office probably going to be in the office we'll see we'll see I did ask folks on my Instagram if they wanted to have one of those days where like I just walk everyone like through the office and I can show you like who I'm working with, what I'm working on. Here are some of the tools that I use. And a lot of people are really curious about like what that looks like for me. And I think especially like at my company, um, I work for a pretty sick, innovative, a company that has the coolest culture. I'm biased because I'm part of the people and culture team, but like the coolest culture. I have the funnest team. Like I really love and appreciate where I work. Um, And so if you all want to come along with me, maybe this week, one of the days that I'm in office, I'll bring you along and I'll get to show you like what it's like to be me, a witch at work. Okay, guys, we're almost done. Let's talk about Saturday, shall we? 
on Saturday, the moon is conjunct Venus and Scorpio. So the moon is now attending this sad and melancholy party with Saturn and Venus. These two, the moon and Venus, are forming an opposition to Jupiter retrograde in Taurus, and they are forming a sextile to Mercury in Capricorn, which Mercury and Jupiter are in like this trine relationship. And so, uh, you know, keeping with the story of like this gothic party, Jupiter retrograde might come in and is feeling like absolutely not. How can you call this a party? It doesn't feel jovial. It doesn't feel restorative or bright at all. Like, look at this garden. Everything's poisonous. But Mercury is kind of in the middle in Capricorn. And, you know, Mercury in that sextile to the moon and Venus is like honored to be invited. So grateful to be welcomed into this space, to get to like network, to get to be here. But, you know, it, it also might be like, this is kind of like a weird party, but it might start trying to convince Jupiter. Like, look, this may not be how you pictured it, but it's still nice just to be invited. So stop complaining. Just be grateful for what you have and what others have to share with you. You know, Mercury and Capricorn is like, look at the big picture. Look at the long, look at like, look, look at the long haul. Look into the future and see how this is still worthwhile to be here. Even though it might be like a bit dark. You know, I think that there is something to be said about the moon being in fall and Venus being in detriment. This is a day with the potential for being super let down or just not having your expectations met. So the best way to avoid this experience is to lower your expectations. Lower your expectations. So I'm going to like go back to the parents because I know that um, not everyone who listens to my podcast is uh, you know, I would say like would identify as like a mom or a parent, but I want to remind you of something that Lex Ritchie shared on one of her previous episodes on the podcast with me, um, where they were sharing about the concept of your legacy of care. And everyone who listens to this podcast, whether you are formally a parent, whether you are formally a grandparent, an aunt, whatever that is, you are still part of somebody's legacy of care, likely. Okay. And we have these expectations of the way that we care for people, the way that we wish we could care for people, the way that we wish we could show up for people. All right. And we're not always going to meet the expectations, especially if you're like me and you tend to be way harder on yourself than anyone else is on you. But also, like if you're a Capricorn, you did grow up with really high expectations placed on you. And even if we meet them the majority of the time, even if we exceed them the majority of the time, it's never going to be 100% of the time. And so, again, this is like a week about really offering yourself some grace Thinking about what do you need in that dark space? What does that low point look like? What does that dark point look like? So that way, when the void and the space is there, you can start thinking about what you want to fill it with and what intentions and manifestations you want to set for the new moon in Sagittarius next week, which again, we will talk about next week. So we're at the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Please turn on notifications, subscribe, leave me a rating, interact with the episode, share it with your friends. Um, as podcasters using the Spotify for Podcasters app, we got our Spotify wrapped for our own podcasts. And I've shared with this um, on Instagram, but if I was in your Spotify wrapped, 
then go ahead and send me a screenshot or you can email it to me and let me know. And I'm entering you into a raffle where I will give away um, either a free or a discounted reading to anyone who like lets me know that I was like in your Spotify wrapped. So thank you so much for being fans of the podcast. Thank you for interacting, for sharing. It means a lot to me. This is such a fun way for me to share as a creator. And, um, you know, I, it's, probably like annoying to listen to at the beginning of every episode. But when I have those ads in, that's the only way for me right now to monetize the podcast. Um, and so it's a lot of time and energy for me to put into these episodes. You can say thank you and give it back by sharing it, helping promote it, um, playing episodes while you are sleeping. So that way my commercials are running and I can make like a little bit of money off of the episodes that helps me out. Um, but either way, I'm just like grateful to be on this journey with you. I've been podcasting for, like two years now. Um, and it's just wild kind of like to see where we started and where we are now. And like I said, I have really big plans for 2024. So make sure that you're coming along with me and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the corporate coven, a podcast for witches at work. Keep the magic alive by joining our newsletter at www.thatwitchfromwork.com. There you can find extra resources and book a career astrology reading with me. If you love today's episode, you can support our work by subscribing, turning on notifications, and even making monthly donations. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye, witches.